Hey everybody, what's going on? This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Pow Pow Media. Pow Pow Media is the premier video and production video marketing resource in the DFW area. They're going to create you some original video content for TV, film, internet distribution, whatever you need. If you're a small business, you need to check these guys out because the e-commerce videos that they make are extremely valuable and second to none in the area. They've been in business since 2000. They've created over 12,000 multimedia projects. They can do drone footage, uh, any kind of promo for an event or any kind of small business or a band, anything like that. I had one made. It's extremely professionally done. They have a really quick turnaround. It looks phenomenal. I love it, and I'll be using them again for sure. So check them out at powpowmedia.com and tell them I sent you. Let's go ahead and get started. And we are live. Welcome, everybody, to this episode of the Slightly Chewed Podcast. I'm your host, as usual, Chris Watson, with me on this particular episode, uh, Mr. Eric Willis, my good friend and and musical confidant. (laughs) I don't know. I like to come up with things like that to say. You're a pal and a confidant. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's That's my tribute to you. Thank you, man. Yeah. What's going on? Oh, not much, man. Just drove in from um, Houston last night. Yeah. Woodlands. The Dosey Doe. Dosey Doe. So, I've never been there. It's a cool place, man. Very good sound. Um, it's one of those places where they, they warn the people at the beginning that it's a listening environment mm. and, and everyone listens. So it was a great room to play for sure. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Those are my favorite. <clears throat> Few and far between. Who are you playing with down there? I played with Grady Spencer and Clayton Landy. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it was a cool lineup, man. Okay, I have a question about Clayton. Mm-hmm. He and I have never met. I know who he is. Oh, okay. Uh, we've, I mean, in passing, we don't really know each other. Uh, and I, I like him a lot. But my question is the spelling of his last name. We I, went over that last night, yeah. <laughs> I Okay, so then you can answer this question. <laughs> I thought that his name was Clayton Landau. That's That's the majority of what everyone thought. And, uh, and I thought in my brain, because everyone changes their name on Facebook so that they're less accessible. Right. You did that. Yeah. I did that. Uh, I thought he did that. with. I thought he switched the U and the A <laughs> so that people wouldn't be able to find him. So explain it to me. Apparently, um, he said he doesn't know why his family pronounces it like that, but um, there are other Landau's oh. that um, obviously pronounce it Landau. And uh, for some reason, I don't know if it was a Texan thing or whatever, but his family pronounced it Landy. So it's spelled correctly on it's Facebook. It's spelled correctly, yeah. But it's uh, it's Clayton Landy, because I was talking to James Cook about it the other day, and I was like, I'm playing with uh, Clayton Landy. He goes, you mean Clayton Landau? <laughs> and I go, no, it's it's Landy. And he goes, well, I've been saying that wrong for three years. Though. Yeah. <laughs> that's, okay. Well, yeah. that's pretty wild. It is Landy, though. How does it's weird? Yeah, land, that sound doesn't seem like it would come from the U.S. I thought it was like something weird, land, like land, landois, landois. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was gonna guess. That's interesting. Yep, it's a Texan thing, I guess. <clears throat> it's it maybe one of those Texas Texas German situations. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, well, glad that's all cleared up, everybody. We've cleared the air, and you heard it here first. <laughs> you heard it here. Unless you were at Dozy Doze last night, you heard it here first. <laughs> so we're playing uh, tonight for all of you people uh, yeah, watching. We're there, playing too. at uh, Red Goose, you and I. And Fort I'm, Worth, Texas? Yeah. Downtown? I'm excited about that. Yeah, it'll be fun, man. I enjoy playing with you 
It's been uh, a while too. Yeah, it had. I think we were at the Spice Rack. M- oh yeah, months and months yeah. ago, and I enjoyed that. I always like playing with you. I, I think you and I, uh, have a lot in common musically. Yeah, it complements each other nicely. I think so. It's. Uh, I I appreciate getting to sing and play with people who are concerned about their vocals a little bit more than others. And that's not a very big concern for a lot of people. Yeah. (laughs) And that's the most delicate way that I think I could have said that. And so, yeah. So I, when the first time uh, that we played together, I didn't really know who you were. And it was at Red Goose actually a couple of years ago, I guess. Yeah. Um, The first time we ever met and uh, Shane was telling me, Hey, you need to play with this guy. And uh, we started singing and I was like, Thank God, this is great. <laughs> you know, I'm not the best singer in the world by any stretch, but I try. To yeah, sing, exactly. You know, yeah. and so I, it's nice to, to do. To I, I enjoy a good vocalist, man, because they are few and far between. That's I think that's what, um, that's what I started doing first was singing. You know, before anything else, and so that's always been the main. Mm-hmm focus obviously i lack in in the guitar department but uh it's just because i've always been focused on the vocals you know and uh so like when i listen to other people obviously that's the first thing that i hear you know what i mean yeah i'll obviously you know pay attention to stuff to the guitar playing but it's like i'm always honing in on the vocals so that's the first thing i analyze when i listen to someone so it's it's always nice yeah i'm the opposite i go music first I go for vibe and groove first, but that's, you know, a genre difference probably because that's what I am head head first off into. But I, uh, I, you've, your stuff, you're that record you, you just came out with, uh, floodgate Mm -hmm. is the name of it. It's a great record. I really like it a lot. Great production. The sounds are awesome. Thank you. I thought one turned out really, really good, but it's got, it's got you. I don't know. I, I lump you in mentally with the, the Texas music people. Right. But I feel like that you, to me, you represent a lot more than that. And I think it's your, your vocal, I think it's the way you approach it. You don't mm-hmm. approach it so much as a Texas country or red dirt right. type of, of vocal. You approach it from a little bit, a lot more of a soulful right. angle. And I appreciate that a whole lot. Definitely. Did you grow up singing like in church and stuff like that? That's, yeah, that's where it all started. Grandma was, uh. United Methodist uh, Choir, and um, I think, I want to say at the time they had, you know, obviously they had like a little bell choir that we were in, we started by ringing the bells, and then they had like a little children's after school choir thing that we mm-hmm. do sometimes, so I got roped into that and then started doing, you know, solo numbers and stuff, do, doing stuff by myself, but that started at, you know, four or five years old, so oh, wow. I, was, I was super... I mean, it was it was great to, uh, for for something that young to like be incorporated with all that stuff. Yeah. I think it helped tremendously, just to be able to. Um, obviously, I wasn't harmonizing and stuff back then, but sure. like listening to different, you know, people in the choir sing different parts and and realizing that's how stuff went together and yeah. you know and stuff like that. I think obviously I wasn't analyzing that stuff as you know meticulously back then but mm-hmm. seeing all those little different parts I, f- I feel like it helped out a lot you know obviously in the long run yeah well that would i mean that's the time especially to learn things like that yeah know, languages and mm-hmm. music and things like that i i when i was that age i was playing piano yeah and i took to took to the musical side of it and it was probably the same revelation that you were having in terms yeah. of this is how these notes play together and it's yeah. either piano strings or the 
the notes from the voices. So and be able to, and being able to hear like when they were wrong. You know what yeah. I mean? That's I think that's the big thing. Uh, yeah, I those think don't you, go you, together. You can yeah. learn that for sure, but if you don't innately have that, mm-hmm. that's really really difficult. Like I've got. More, I truly believe when they say people are tone deaf, like that that's a thing. Absolutely. Because, yeah, people can't. I have a lot of friends that. They'll sing along with the radio, and I'll just say, do you hear yourself? Do you not hear that you're not singing the same note that they are? Yeah. And they go, no, it sounds great. No, it doesn't. I was like, man, it's like that uh, that movie um, Shallow How, mm-hmm. where he, he, I guess he gets a curse on him or whatever, mm-hmm. and then he sees everyone like through perfect eyes. Yeah, yeah. It must be like telling people, like, it doesn't matter yeah. if it's on or off. It just sounds good to them. It's loud. <laughs> it feels good when it's coming out, and it's loud, and... I don't yeah. fault them for that as long as they don't get on stage and try to make me buy right, it, right, make yeah. me pay for it. Exactly. <laughs> At that point, I'm out. That's my my beef with karaoke is that I, oh, it's yeah. really fun. If you, I I enjoy. I, I know a lot of artists that don't like. Karaoke. See, I've never like perf- I've never sang karaoke yeah. in my life. I've I've been to a bunch of karaoke yeah. bars, but I've always, and I think it's always been a thing. Like, I've never been real comfortable being on stage without a guitar in front of me. Right feels so weird and awkward to me. Yeah. And so I think that's one of the reasons I never did karaoke. <laughs> but uh, I've, I've been to plenty. And um, sometimes you can, it's funny for a little while. And then you're like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. I've, I, when I've done it, I've always enjoyed it because I'll sing songs that I would never do you know, in my, in my professional world. Oh, right. Yeah. And that's, that makes it fun. I'll do like a Mariah Carey song or something yeah. and it won't be good. And that, and I don't care because no one's good <laughs> and that's fun for me. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll, I don't have to tell anyone that I sing for a living. I can just go, Hey, I'm just let loose. Yeah. I just want to sing this. <laughs> I want to sing this temptation song. Yeah. I don't really know the words that, or the melody, but I'll figure it out. But they have them on the screen there. It's that's right there. great. It's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> The last time I did it, I did uh, Ain't Too Proud to Beg, the original version, before the Rolling Stones just destroyed it. <laughs> and uh, I hate the Rolling Stones. Oh, I, don't, do you? I feel like I need to preface what I just said with okay. that. I mean destroyed in a bad way and not in a good way. <laughs> um, but, you know, I didn't know. I thought I knew the words. It turns out there's like three more verses that I didn't no know. No one ever sings. No. <laughs> so I just kind of was winging it. And it was fun. It's fun. I don't know. People, I don't know. People crap all over karaoke. I don't have a problem with it. It's you a know. nice release. People yeah. want to jam. Let them, let them jam yeah. and sing it. You know. Yeah, it's living out your fantasies. It's for tone deaf people. That's, that's what it's for. That's what it, yeah, that's what it's for. You do. You'll be at one though, and like someone will get up there, and like start wailing, and you're like, yeah. "Who is this person?" Yeah. At karaoke on a Tuesday night at you yeah. know wherever it right. is, but. Those people take it too seriously, though. Yeah. They've yeah, got they their, do. like, four songs that they can sing really well. <laughs> and they got mad because they got cut in line. Or, or right. someone put their name on the list in front of them or something. Right. And got their song <laughs> yeah. or something. I always do that song. Yeah. How dare you? And they, like, do the karaoke rounds. Is that a thing? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the karaoke's in the round. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like, doing, like, a karaoke pub crawl. Song swap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be horrible. And awesome, but horrible yeah you could charge people just to charge the artists to play yeah you know that's how you make your money there you go we'll there was i had some friends that were doing a live band karaoke at one point it was, I've, I've heard some stuff like that yeah. the one that i was aware of was a, it was a very small version of a top 40 band so they yeah. already knew a ton of songs all the hits 
Yeah, and then they did. They would just bring out bass, drums, and guitar. And this, you would pick from this list, so they knew, you know, we weren't going to call anything they didn't know. Right. It's like 200, 300 songs you could pick from, and <laughs> they would just pull the chart up and go, and you would sing, and they would, no matter how bad it was, they would they plow right playing. through. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I don't think I could do that. Uh, I don't think I could be in that band. They thought yeah. it was hilarious. I would just get mad, I think. But Yeah, I'd get mad after a while. It'd <laughs> like be just, fun for a little while. It'd be pretty. I don't know. And reading charts all night. It's not really that much fun. <laughs> Those days are long behind me, I think. So, you live in Wichita Falls. Did you grow up in Wichita Falls? Well, right outside of there, a little town called Henrietta, Texas. Oh, wow. Population, I want to say, it was probably around 3,500 when I was there. It's probably a little bit bigger now. Mm. But a uh, little uh, farming town. Yeah. Driven through Henrietta. A million yeah, two eighty seven. I've ever stopped there. There's no reason. No, I'm <laughs> probably not going to. Still, there's a Dairy Queen and a Subway. So if you get hungry, they they got that. <laughs> but uh, there's not much there. It was it was a cool little town. I liked um, I liked the small town aspect. Mm. I played sports and stuff in high school, and I would have not, you know, if I had went to a big school, I wouldn't have played. You know what I mean? But right. going to a small town right. when there's only 10 guys to pick from. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was a lot better out of that group. So, <laughs> yeah. Got to, you know, play uh, football and baseball. And you could p- pretty much play any sport you wanted. Yeah. You yeah. didn't have to, there weren't tryouts or anything right. like that. Just, so, you want to do it? Awesome. Our yeah, senior come on. year of high school, me and one of my buddies played doubles tennis just because it was another way to get out of school. Yeah. And stuff like that. So, get um, another letter on your jacket. So, we were two, uh, like, pretty big, you know, like football player seniors. <laughs> And they put us in the JV bracket of the tennis tournament. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're playing like little, you know, freshman tennis guys. Yeah. It was pretty funny. We were terrible, but it was fun. <laughs> that sounds like Henrietta, fun. Texas. Yeah. <laughs> so you moved into the into the big city. That was always the big city. You know, everyone was like, you want to go to town? And going to town was, was yeah. Wichita Falls. It's about, you know, 20, 30 minute drive. Hmm. But yeah, that was the big city. You know, they had a mall and. Right. Um big enough yeah big enough it's got a mall but um yeah i moved there and i've been there since everyone asked me why i haven't like why don't you move to fort worth or why don't you move to austin and i was like really rent is so cheap there when it <laughs> falls where i'm at it doesn't make any sense to move somewhere and pay triple what i'm paying right and i'm only there you know three nights out of the week three or four nights out of the week so yeah and it's Still only there. about an hour and a half yeah drive. Not not too bad from here. It's only you know two hours from Oklahoma City, uh, three hours from Lubbock, so it's it's a nice little hub. Unless you're going like Austin, Houston, like it's yeah. it's a little trek, but uh, hmm. it's cool. No traffic there. Right. Cheap rent. We have you know Chick Fil A and some good <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> All right. If those are your standards, then if those you're... <laughs> are your standards, I just read we made some list of like one of the top twenty cities in Texas for um, early retirees. So if you're looking to settle down, All right, and, and raise some grandkids in a nice city, Wichita <laughs> Falls is a is the place for you. All right, that's a thing. <laughs> that's the thing. You uh, <clears throat> knew Johnny Cooper's from there. Yeah. You guys knew each other, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Being being uh singers and whatever. I don't know. He's down here now, and he, he moved, yeah, here to Fort yeah. Worth. Yeah. I see him a lot. He and I get together a lot. I like, really? I like Johnny's him a lot. great. Yeah. He's a great performer, a really good writer. He and I write together a lot and and uh, He's got a new album coming out. It's so. about to come out, yeah. yeah. I've got a, a co write on that record. Oh really? Nice. Yeah, one of the tunes and 
I hadn't so, heard any of it yet, so I'm excited. It's yeah. been a while since he's put something out. It has been a long while, and this one, not to share any secrets, but it's you know he's headed in a in a very specific direction, and yeah, I he played me a bunch of the 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 mixes and first rounds of the master, and it it sounded really good, cool. and I was really happy you know to hear it, yeah, because we've been you know playing together and writing together and doing stuff, and then to hear them you know him actually get in the studio with the producer and right. actually make it you know the way it was supposed to be full comes to life yeah i've heard all these songs acoustic a thousand times and yeah. i've never heard them fleshed out and then now like oh that's what you were going for yeah. this loop <laughs> thing you were trying to do yeah. and it, you know it's just okay i get it now nice. so yeah so i'm excited for that but yeah that'll be, be cool fun. another wichita falls boys there's not a there's not a that's the only thing about wichita falls it's not a huge, you know, music scene like, especially like Fort Worth or a place like you know Lubbock or, or Austin or stuff like mm-hmm. that. There's not a, a really huge, you know, communal aspect. You know, here, you know, guys are collaborating, helping each other out, mm-hmm. picking up gigs. I mean, it's just more. Which I guess there's not. Um, there's just obviously not that many places to play in Wichita Falls, but I f- that's why I like coming to the places like this. You know, especially Fort Worth area and Lubbock. I've had a lot of, of friends and and stuff that we've you know musician friends from both places and um that's the only thing i feel like wichita falls is lacking that wants that makes me want to move somewhere else mm-hmm. but then i'm like that rant though <laughs> oh, man that goes a long way <laughs> it does <laughs> <laughs> yeah i there's a good community here i've uh only ever i i grew up in a small town much like yourself on a on a quarter horse ranch and yeah uh, just north of denton in the pilot point and oh, yeah. so I, uh, I I understand the sentiment of enjoying the small town world, but I, I lived in Denton for a long time and then moved to Fort Worth, and, and there's a community just inside the city limits of Fort Worth yeah. of musicians that, yeah. that, like you said, everyone's helping each other and, you know, come come open for me, and this right. guy books this club, and he's looking for people, go call him, you know, yeah. things like that. So that's <clears throat> it's helpful in general, you know, to have huge, that community. Especially as a you know, singer songwriter, um, trying to break into new places. That's, that's what we had to do. That's what I had to do here. Lubbock, all those places we're playing, you know, mm-hmm. you had to find a way into those places. And most of it's through other musicians that you met, whether it be there or other places down the road. It's, mm-hmm. it's been pretty cool. Yeah. Is, uh, how many albums have you put out? I've done two EPs and then two full lengths yeah. now. And so, um, hopefully, getting into the studio um this summer to start um you know pre-production demo and songs and stuff start um get a solid group that i want to i want to have a lot more material going into this this record than i've done in the past so mm-hmm. really it's just been writing and writing and writing and then uh we're gonna go demo a bunch of them and, and see what we like for a record and yeah. trying to find a producer that kind of see what i want to do and yeah take those reins a little bit so i can yeah just worry about playing and singing. Yeah. That's the hardest part is finding that person that yeah. that has your best interest in mind. Right. Because they're not just wants to make something that they want to make, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, and and a lot of times that turns into someone just trying to pad their resume. Yeah. And they're just using you to do that mm-hmm. or you know, they're yeah. just taking advantage of the situation. So yeah, that goes a long way finding someone who and their version of your best interest and your version of your best interest have to align right. for the most part. And that's difficult because Definitely. especially if they have multiple artists, you know, they that are different, but yeah, 
how how would you i guess going back to musical styling you grew up singing in church and stuff did you your and the stuff that you put out the floodgate record specifically mm-hmm. um it's like i said before it's got a lot of soulful vibe to it and it's got obviously got some of that americana vibe to it but mm-hmm. i wouldn't call it a country record yeah that's i i definitely wouldn't call it a country record and it gets classified as that a lot and I hate to correct people, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I hate that's to tell the, them that's not what it is, because I guess the, if that's what you think it is, then whatever. Yeah. But, that's um, the broadest brush that people can paint it with. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think, I don't even know what it's uh, under it um, on iTunes, but we just, we've, we've been saying Americana just because that's a huge, you know, yeah. blanket statement. But, because when you start, you know, saying, well, there's some, you know, roots rock with a little bit of folk and some soul infused but when you start going off of the set people <laughs> yeah. are like oh, okay dude yeah what yeah, yeah. whatever <laughs> people's eyes glaze over yeah so <laughs> we, we say americana but like i say um there like i said there's some uh, there's some rock and roll in there and there's some you know i don't i don't know i don't really know <laughs> well if i mean like if you had to pick without having to put it online and and scroll through the pre given boxes if, if someone were to just in passing say you know what what kind of music do you what kind of music do you i call what it kind of music do you listen to the most i guess that probably would answer the question better because well, that seeps through in in your subconscious probably more than anything we'll see here, here lately i've been listening to a lot more because on the next record, I want to do horns, and you're from, you're familiar with horns, and I um, am very familiar with horns. And so I've been listening to nothing but bands with horns, and well, and a Come lot to of the dark side, Eric. <laughs> and a lot of stuff lately has been incorporating the, a bunch of that stuff. But the, the you know the last Sturgill record, I got pretty deep into. I went and saw him, yeah. twice this past year with the Dap Kings. Yeah, it was unreal. I saw him up in. Um, That's one of the gnarliest bands, dude. It was they're unbelievable. It blew my mind. We went and saw him in. Um, Boston and then um it was so like mind blowing. I told my band I was like I'm going to see Sturgill again next month if y'all want to go. Um the close like the closed one was Denver. Mm. So the band was like, Yeah, let's do it and so <laughs> we t- we took the band up there and uh spent a weekend in, in Denver and listened to him again up there. Yep. But man, that band dude. <laughs> yeah. The Dap Kings is crazy. That band was unreal and um Yeah. I've I've been really familiar with them for a long time before really? that. They, See, that was my first introduction, and now I've gone into yeah. a wormhole on yeah. YouTube and everything like that. It's well, just unreal. They were a band of in and of themselves, mm-hmm. and then Amy Winehouse found them somehow. I don't know the story on that, but she used them on a record. Yeah, and it was Amy Winehouse and the Dap Kings, and that put them on the map. And then yeah. Sharon Jones, when she catapulted to stardom. Uh, she used the Dap Kings because she was doing this like '60s Motown thing mm-hmm. that, and she was phenomenal at it. She just passed away, I think, in November, or December. She's been battling. She'd been battling cancer for like years. Oh, really? But anyway, she uh, there's a DVD of her on Netflix. It's called "This Is Sharon Jones," and it's like a 90 minute concert, and it's the Dap Kings. And it's oh, her. I'll have to check it out. And it is unbelievable. Nice. That band, they're crazy good. Yeah. And so you can check them out in that setting on t- <clears throat> as opposed to Sturgill's setting. Right. Which is kind of leaning a little bit more into his world. But I've been aware of them for years. And I Unreal, just, man. everything that they touch turns to gold. <laughs> you know, and they have a record company now that they do. It's 
Daptone Records. Nice. You know, where they bring artists in and they make a record. Thing around yeah, it. and it's just unbelievable awesome. some of the stuff that's come out of there. They did, um, oh, what's the guy's name? I can't think of it. Anyway, they're, they put some phenomenal music out. So oh, when yeah. I listened to that record, that Sturgill record for the first time, I didn't know the Dap Kings were on it. And so when the record came out, I didn't really know anything about it. And I listened yeah. to the very first song, which has that super slow, long intro. Oh, yeah. And With then like it. Horns. What, or the, like the ship whistle yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's Sound like. Bells. And, yeah. yeah. And then there's that like four bar, four bar like grandfather always told me guys is a fisherman or whatever mm-hmm. and then it comes into this it's a straight up motown record yeah and, it, bah, bah, da, da, and he's singing and stuff and it's i like i was driving my car and i almost had a wreck i was like what the what is this this is not a country record what's yeah. happening here not at all man no he made they, and that, he, i he guess made he pissed off up, a lot of, of of his like hardcore fans yeah when he did that record well, for he 100 percent did that intentionally yeah because he's been fighting the rolling stone for at least a year yeah. because they keep calling him country music's prodigal son. And every time he says, no, I'm not, I don't play yeah. country music. Yeah. <laughs> I, we, I just make music. Just, yeah. it's just is what it is. Just, yeah. That's what he said. I s- kind of sound like Waylon Jennings a little bit. I can't help that. I just write music and yeah. I sing it the way I sing it. Don't worry about what it is. And they've been calling him and Jason Isbell and Chris Stapleton. Yeah. The, the savior. Savi- yeah. And none music. of them are playing country music. <laughs> yeah. The Stapleton record either. It's, I mean, it's a blues there's, record. There's some waltzes and stuff in that, but it's, it's not a, it's not like if I were to classify it, it wouldn't be a country no. record. It'd be like, that's roots, definitely rock, not a country or, singer. Like a you know what I mean? <laughs> no, no. And Jason Isbell is, they're straight up rock and roll. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know, but and I, I thought it was funny because, you know, Sturgill has done like even his last record, Meta Modern Sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of psychedelic yeah. stuff in there, but it's way more country than this most recent one. Yeah. And this recent one won him a country Grammy. Of the year. <laughs> country so album like, of the year. Whatever. I laughed <laughs> so hard when I saw that. Yeah. This is the, like the Dat Kings won country yeah. music album of the it's year. It's crazy, man. Wrap your brain around that, people. <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, mean, I love the recognition for him, but I was like, man. Yeah. He's done all these country records, and then he did this one, and y'all give him the country Grammy. Yeah, yeah, for that one, yeah. But he did lose. I guess he lost. I saw some backlash on it, but, and that was his whole point, was just, if you either like me or you don't, you yeah. can't cherry pick. When he said, he, was, he talked about, like, every record he's going to do is going to be different. Yeah, and that's the way it should be. Yeah. He's, he's satisfying his own musical integrity. Right. Before it even gets to your ears, yeah, and that's I think that's the way it should be for yeah, somebody that's like him. The way him. you shouldn't he make got music. Really lucky and happened to get himself on that platform. I there are, I think there are probably hundreds of artists exactly like that who are doing super awesome creative stuff that right. we'll never find out about because they won't get the breaks that he got. Yeah, you know. But you, I mean, there's there's a lot to be said for for that. I think that you have to satisfy your own musical integrity first. Yeah. You just have to. And I think and if you're not doing that, you're going to, you're not going to be happy and you're not going to yeah. make good stuff. No, yeah. it's going to come out super contrived. And, yeah. and I think he, he, he doesn't seem like the kind of person that really cares what other people think about him. Oh yeah. Not at all. And I think that that's awesome. That's great. You yeah. have to be that way. Yeah. You know, and Jason Isbell is the same way. He's, his writing is uh, to me is some of the best I've ever heard as a yeah. songwriter, and oh, yeah. as a poet, the Southeastern record of his man. It was one of those that, I listened to for about eight months. It never came out of my car. You know, Absolutely, it was just every song, and every time you know you'd hear a little another line differently, or you'd yeah. finally get the meaning of one of them. And you're like, oh my gosh! Yeah. Like the the uh, the depths of his writing is is pretty unreal. Yeah, 
which you know because you can listen to the song and it's like oh that's a great song but when you start to pick it apart and like i said finally start to realize some of the meanings behind some of those songs i was like yeah i just can only dream to write songs yeah like that. Man, <laughs> you know I mean? yeah he paints an incredibly <laughs> vivid picture with incredibly yeah. few amount of words yeah and that's that's i mean i don't know if if you just have to sit in a room for 10 hours a day and do that for five years before you get know. there if he just has he swears it. it's it's from reading he said you know the the majority is from he accredits his writing to reading as much as he can yeah which is probably where i'm lacking i guess <laughs> i know i am <laughs> couldn't tell you the last book i read no i can't either and i'm not proud of it <laughs> I'm, I'm not either really. i don't wear it as a badge of honor but i yeah i fall asleep <laughs> immediately if i try to read i try yeah. well I, I i feel like my mind just like i'll read a page or two and not realize anything i've read like my, <laughs> yeah. i didn't get a word of that because i was thinking about 30 other things <laughs> yeah yeah. And then I have to reread the page. And after I reread the page like three times, I just shut it. I'm like, yeah. okay, I guess this isn't going to happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess I still can't read. <laughs> Not today. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I derailed you on your horns. Uh, oh, yeah. Speech. Oh, well, I, I'd love to talk about Sturgill's records all day. If we yeah, know. for sure. But yeah, horns, man. Um, that's... Uh, so are you wanting to take it more in that direction or, or I mean, as a, like as a placeholder or is there something else in mind? I want to, you know, the whole, um, you know, you're talking about the, the soul of my voice and I kind of want to explore that as a, I don't want to make a soul record, but make, <laughs> make one with me. I'll make you a soul record. I don't know that I want to make a soul record because, you know, I still have some, um, I don't know. It's kind of like that Sturgill thing, you know. I want, I want some. I want that big band sound that I can just sing on top of. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Just be that you, you can rest on yeah. and just let me sing on it. You yeah. know what I mean? You That's be yourself. Yeah. 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 Well, when you have a band that big, also, what I when I went, I went from a trio to an eight piece band, like yeah. in a day, and I the first rehearsal we had. I remember trying to play parts. When I was doing a trio, you have to play rhythm, you have to play lead, yeah. you have to mm-hmm. do fills, I have to sing, I have to do all of it at once, and it's exhausting. Yeah. But when I, I we did a first rehearsal with four horns and a keyboard player and bass and drums, and I would like, it got to the point where I did I just like, I don't have to play anything. Yeah. This is incredible. Yeah. And I can just sing and I can just exactly. be up there. That's, I, that's what I want to do. It's a very liberating experience. Yeah. Well, just the difference, you know, um, we've been pretty much a four piece since I started playing with the band mm-hmm. and we've been slowly incorporating keys and just the night and day adding a key player. And as far as like a rhythm guitar, you know, some of the stuff you can lay out on and stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause it, it, you know, having that backbone just fills everything up and I want more of that. Yeah. It's not that I don't want to play the guitar, you know, I'm still right. going to play guitar and stuff, but it's like I said, if there's a verse where you don't want to, yeah. like you don't want to play rhythm during yeah. a verse or you don't want to, you know, yeah. And if you don't want a guitar solo, solo is every solo, you know what I mean? Right. Stuff like that. Yeah. So that goes a long way. Yeah. One guitar player taking every solo right. goes a long way. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> what I, I think uh, discovered also was the piano and organ, organ more specifically for the style of music I do, but between the two, they're in a different range than the guitar is in. The yeah. guitar is in this super mid-range, mm-hmm. like right in the middle of everything. But the piano can sit on top. The organ covers the full spectrum, yeah. you know, with big swells and big fat chords. Mm-hmm. 
it fills in a lot of sonic space Tones, that yeah. you don't even realize is not there, yeah. you know? And that's, that was something that I learned very quickly, uh, doing records and trying to produce records for myself and for other people was yeah. how to fill in sonically all the, the dead air right. without being cluttered. Yeah. Without busy and everything. Cause that's yeah. what I think the first couple EPs I did, um, it was before I had a band, before I was even playing with a band. And so, you know, when it came to the songs, you know, there was a gap there. And it was like, oh, it's got to be a guitar solo there. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And the the more you do it and the more you're like, just let some stuff breathe. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't always have to have a solo. You don't always have to have licks. Right. Just, yeah, you can you can let it breathe. And that's what I've been trying to do. That's what I tried to do more on this last record and, and especially on this next one. <clears throat> yeah. Hopefully. We'll see. Yeah. I think that's a good direction to go in. That speaks a little bit more to me stylistically in that the music that I appreciate the most is, is very groove centric. Right. And so you don't have to do anything. If the groove is grooving hard enough and everyone's locked in tight enough, yeah, you're not missing a solo. Right. You know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you're already tapping your foot and then you realize that no one's said or done anything in a couple yeah. in like 30 seconds and you're like, yeah. but that, you know, there's a lot to that. And I, that's something that I try to subscribe to. If, if I, I try to get to a point with my songs and my band live specifically, that if I just stop moving and singing all together, the song is going to carry itself. And it doesn't die. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. For a little while, you know, mm-hmm. my drums and bass and keyboard player and horn parts and, you know, just a groove on a thing. Right. No one's soloing. I'm not doing anything it's just keeps moving forward and that's there's a lot to that and I, I as a listener i like that a lot more right you know that that space but then that comes into the producer's question of how do you leave space without feeling like there's a space right you know you have to fill like it in empty. with with just white noise yeah. you know that's a big trick that a producer will use or some kind of super washed out really low mixed in organ yeah you washed out with reverb just to fill in that space and just you don't even realize there, it's yeah. there but if you mute it you realize that there's a hole there but you put it back and it just yeah. it it pacifies you that's really difficult to do i think that's the kind of stuff that people don't realize is happening on on records like that that's, oh yeah and that's that's the stuff people don't realize when they go see a band live and it doesn't sound like the record, right. that's because of the, all yeah. that stuff, you know? Yeah. All that white noise <sighs> painted in. But I, in my mind, you know, I hear, I hear a lot of records, uh, from, you know, big, big name bands versus local records. And there's yeah. a, there's a, it's almost like there's a sheen on the local record that's not there. And it's because of that. It's in my mind, I'm always trying to fill in that, that sonic space. Mm-hmm. You know, and that you have to have a good a good producer and a good ear to to even know that that's happening. Right. I think a lot of local people who make their first record, they don't hire a producer. Mm-hmm. They go with the cheapest studio and engineer they can find. You know, the songs are as they wrote them. Right. But that sheen, that that last coat of clear coat, you know, never gets put on. And then you know, it just doesn't then, doesn't sound like it belongs on the radio or right. something like that. You know, something's missing. Yeah, I'm finished. But you can't put your finger on it. It's just yeah. like, what is it about this? <laughs> yeah, it takes a long time to learn that and figure that yeah. out, you know. And that's that's the 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 value of a good of a good producer with a good extra set of ears in the room. Yeah, you know, I like to. And that's the trick, like I say, finding one that shares your vision and, yeah. um, you know, that um, and also you want someone that. Um, 
that like I want someone like obviously I want a higher producer to take the reins, but obviously I want like final say on whatever's gonna go <laughs> right. on my record. You know course, what I mean? Like yeah. uh so that you gotta find that balance, I guess, with, yeah. with, as far as it comes with a with a producer for sure. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want <clears throat> someone that's gonna come in and just take over, you know. Yeah. Make it their record versus exactly versus your record, but you know, there's I've had guys that I'll bring in on my sessions and basically, you know, if you hear something, say something. If you don't hear anything, don't say anything and let us just keep going. Yeah. You know, and there will be hours where they won't say anything and then they'll pipe in and say, hey, well, what if you just what if you tried this there? Yeah. And then you don't hear from them again for the rest of the day. You right. know, but that one thing was awesome. Yeah. You know, and that's that's important. You got to have somebody like that. But and having a good uh, solid core of of band members that understand right. your mm-hmm. your stuff. You've got a great band around you. Finally, um, I've got a, um, a rhythm section that's been with me about close to two years now, and then I've got a guitar player that just started playing with us about six months ago, mm-hmm. and he's finally, um, you know, getting in the groove, settling in mm-hmm. well, and uh, it's been going good. I mean, every show gets a little tighter and tighter. Yeah. And, been rehearsing a lot more than in the past yeah. <laughs> which uh makes a huge difference but uh, <laughs> it's amazing how that works <laughs> but um yeah finally got a it's nice to have a, a set group you know for for a long time there well obviously we at least had a uh a, a, a rhythm section but um we're hiring guitar players for a different one every we, we played a thursday friday saturday we had a different guitar player every night <laughs> right you know and so that especially as like for me, and we had all great guys, you know, pro guys that came in, and mm-hmm. but everyone's different, you know, right. and everyone's going to play different, and right. they're going to play most of the parts that are on the album, but they're going to add their little right. whatever, and man, just playing with that many different guitar players. So when you're when you're singing there, and like all you can think about is it's what they're playing, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. The whole time you're yeah. like, oh, that was great, but that wasn't so great, and oh, oh that was cool. <laughs> oh, that sounded really good, but um, doing that, man, it just wore me out. And yeah. so I'm so glad we got a we got a guy now that um, he's actually from Wichita Falls, lives in Dallas now, but um, guy we've known for a while that uh, that came on, and uh, he's been great. And like I said, it just gets a little bit better every show, and yeah. uh, I've been digging it. We've been adding some keys in. You're actually going to play keys with I us am. in uh, a couple months. I'm excited about That'll that. That'll be fun, man. I haven't been playing as much since I left Zach. I did a few Josh Weather shows, and and uh, those dried up, and so I haven't been playing very much. It just <laughs> rides around in the car with me right now. Nice. I need to get it out and practice regularly, but I can't tell you the last time I sat and ran scales on the guitar, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> I I taught lessons for years to kids and I would preach aggressively how they you have to set aside 15 minutes a day Every just day. to run scales and just get warmed and I haven't done it in 10 years <laughs> but I would preach it to them like yeah. like it was gospel it's the only way yeah. you'll ever be good and maybe I did that when I was a kid but I yeah. certainly don't do it now I would benefit from it there's I would no too, doubt definitely. if I would just do it I should more often and then I'm thinking when I when I start you know doing some stuff on guitar I'm like well, man, should I really? I should. I should be using this time to write. You know, I should be trying to write something right. instead of just practicing these scales. But um, they yeah. go hand in hand. You know, sure. the more stuff, the more in depth you get on the guitar, and the more different stuff you get into on the guitar changes up. You know, what's coming out. So, yeah, 
Yeah, it's interesting, that kind of thing. Um, I notice my writing and playing style will will morph depending on what I'm listening to yeah. and who I'm deep into. Because I'll, mm-hmm. I'll find an artist and I'll dive in headfirst for a week or two. Yeah. I'm in the middle of one right now. There's this guy named Marcus King who's from uh, Georgia or Alabama or something like that. He's just turned 21. And he's one of the best guitar players I've ever heard. And oh. he's an unbelievably soulful and amazing singer. Really? And he's doing the same kind of stuff that we're doing, but a little bit more. He's got a horn section. Uh, they're, they're a little bit more Almond Brothers-y. Yeah. Than, and I would were a little more like Stevie Wonder-y. Yeah. So he kind of leans in that direction. Uh, but his guitar playing is what kind of took me, caught me off guard. Because he plays with a maturity and a, and a restraint that some guitar players never learn Don't ever get. in their whole life. Yeah. <laughs> he's 21. He's just, just turned 21 like last week. And, you know, and he's been touring. He, he, he said in an interview I, I was listening to uh, a week or two ago that they did 80,000 miles last year. Jeez. I mean, he's touring like crazy. He's yeah. on with William Morris and, you know, he's, so he's doing really well. Warren Haynes and Derek Trucks produced his last record. Oh, nice. If that tells you anything yeah. about you know the the, the guitar playing yeah and, and the guitar playing and just the company in general that he's keeping he's apparently the the heir apparent to the to that throne you know nice. that almond brothers where's he from he lives somewhere in alabama or georgia somewhere in that area and he's got you know thick accent he's he's a big kind of round you know long hair down to his chest kind of kid he's just a kid yeah he looks like buddha he smiles a lot <laughs> and his eyes are so squinted together i mean he's he's you know he just looks like a happy-go-lucky kid he's yeah. a, he's a fucking kid i'm 31 he he's 21 and he's so he's a kid to me <laughs> but yeah but i can't get enough of him i yeah. mean he just i don't know there's there's something there there's an element to it and his voice is super raspy but it's but he's got that soulful inflection to yeah. it like that like 60s soul inflection on yeah. top of it and it's just killer and he's a phenomenal guitar player and nice. so i've been i'm gonna have to check it out i yeah i'll just play you some stuff when we're done here yeah i that's all i've listened to for the last two or three weeks since i <laughs> discovered him and i found myself i've written a song or two since then sounding like that <laughs> i blatantly ripped off <laughs> yeah. one of his songs that happens dude and i had to trash it I, yeah. I said if i put this out and and someone that knows him well enough heard it <laughs> i would get sued i mean they have that particular Easily. song so yeah so i i had to change a bunch of stuff about it but that's it happened and it was yeah. effortless like i it's one of those times where you sit down and write a song in 30 minutes and it's done mm-hmm. and it's like good yeah there's a lot of songs that i write where i have to spend a few days or weeks you know like, rewriting or yeah just editing and, yeah. and changing things and this one was like man like that's Good. Oh, it's because that song has already been written, and oh, I've been listening yeah. to it every day for the last three weeks. That's, That's where that melody came from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely ripped it off. Yeah. Same key. I didn't even realize. <laughs> like, uh, it was wild. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. That happens all the time. Yeah. I mean, always, whoever I'm, I'm into at the moment, definitely. It's like, oh, I want to write a sad love song like that. Now. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. like no matter what it was, it's like, well, that. Yeah. That makes sense. I'm hesitant to turn you on to him because I don't want that to. That's going to be my next record. Change the direction, yeah, <laughs> that you're headed in. You'll, you'll put out a, a rock and roll Chicago-style record. So, I don't know. I, I like him a lot. The horn parts, the horns are an interesting uh, interesting slope if you want to go down that rabbit hole. I have always had an affinity for horns. I grew up on R&B music and soul music, so right. that's just something that's innate in that in that genre. 
and it's very jazzy, jazz influenced yeah. style of music. And the horns have always were uh, the horns were always there, but never really. They don't push the music forward in terms of a forward and backwards, but it's kind of a lateral movement to mm-hmm. me, and that's kind of a weird way to describe it. But it makes things it makes things bigger. Yeah. But if it wasn't there, the music would pretty much be the same. Right. Do you know what I mean? I want them like as like a a different kind of pad. You yeah. Know yeah. I mean? That like yeah. carries. Yeah. The the verses and stuff, and then you know occasionally you can have a sax solo or or whatever, like right. the trumpet whale. But you know I'm not wanting it to to do it go crazy. Right. But like I said, just a different aspect of padding and to yeah. make it that bigger. Yeah. Like you said, when you take them away, it's gonna be the same song. Yeah. You can still say play the same songs, yeah. but um. It's just texture. It's a different. Yeah. It's a different voice. Right. Guitar to keyboard to to horns mm-hmm. to. You know, to base the those four things, as long as it's not cluttered, you know, right. as long as everyone knows their place. Um, I got when I started writing for that black, white and gray record, uh, writing horn parts with my sax player at the time. He and I were both really off the deep end listening to this band called Lettuce, who is still one of my favorite bands ever. Like the vegetable. Yes. <laughs> <clears throat> there are a bunch of uh, dudes from New York area. Um, and they were at Berkeley. A bunch of them graduated from Berkeley up there in Boston and moved to New York, and they would go sit in on these people's little sessions that they were doing yeah. downtown in clubs, and their whole they were they had to say let us play enough times so it turned into let us <laughs> that's that's the story of the name this is back in the 90s and so but if you listen to some of the records of this band the horn parts are aggressive yeah and it's it's straight up funk and and r&b and it's some of the horn parts are over way over the top aggressive yeah. i like that i'm not saying that's a bad thing but there it's a lot yeah. it's aggressive and so preston and i my sax player at the time were like Head off into that stuff, yeah. <laughs> and so head off, a head off in lettuce. Well, yeah, head of lettuce. <laughs> exactly. No <laughs> pun intended. But if you listen to that black, white, and gray record, it's it's a lot yeah. of horns. There's it's, it's aggressive. <laughs> and then we started playing them live, and we you know the adrenaline's going. You speed it up. You play everything faster. And we did a live record, and it sounded like we were all just flying on cocaine just i mean we were plowing horns wailing oh my god we were plowing through these songs so unbelievably (laughs) fast and i that i that was two years ago now that we released that live record and i go listen to it now and i just go i would never have approved of that (laughs) but we but i did you know i I set the tempos and everyone just did it to you man they did it's their fault (laughs) and i they're still one of my favorite bands but i say all of that to say on this the stuff that i'm writing for and got coming up now is going to be a lot less a lot more what you were just talking about where it's just kind of padding Mm -hmm. and just texturing with horns but it's easy Really easy to get, carried to get off in the deep end yeah. of of just horns everywhere. You start getting off of that funk and man, <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, that's the world I live in, and yeah. that's the genre that I claim. I don't claim, you know, country or red dirt, anything like that. Yeah. I never really have. Uh, I've gotten lumped into a lot of acoustic gigs with you yeah. guys that do that, but which is fine. I like that. I've made a lot of some of my best friends doing that, but um, I've always considered myself the odd man out in that world. But yeah. I. Uh, that, that that it's just so easy to just it just gets groovier and groovier and your head starts bobbing really hard like all right let him yeah win. yeah just keep no keep going louder higher trumpet up an octave go scream it yeah so i don't know but we got a little aggressive with that record but 
So it's I say that to say it's really easy to get carried away. So don't get carried away. Thanks, man. Yeah, I'm That's just looking what I'm out for you. For. Yeah. <laughs> then we can start touring together. You can just be a funk band. And yeah, we could do that. Your voice would would annihilate in that <laughs> genre. I'm not even kidding. Like we'll if, see what this next one if, does. It if, could... if you came and like sang a couple of songs that I've written for my band and you sang them like in your way, <laughs> they'd be fucking hits. I can't sing like that. I don't have that. I don't have that voice that what do you like? What range do you consider your voice? Not soprano. That's really up there. Maybe no. like a low soprano. Maybe a low soprano. Yeah. It yeah. used to be a tenor back in the day, man, when I was singing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, probably low soprano. Cause you, I mean, your your chest voices, it's it's up there. Yeah, and then I've I've been trying to work on my falsetto more, but um, with with playing four or five nights a week, dude, yeah. my voice is like blown out, and I've yeah. got no falsetto Constantly. ever. But um, I've been trying to do that uh, for some of the new songs. Yeah, but uh, yeah, probably lower soprano somewhere around yeah. there. So I don't have that. I feel like my <laughs> voice is like an octave lower. <laughs> when I try to sing some of these songs, like you do a lot of Sean McConnell, your voice and Sean yeah. McConnell's voice are very similar close, to me. Yeah. And, and I, I have to really try to sing those songs. Yeah. Like it's not, that's, that's not why a, I cover all chick singers. I cover right. Like Tracy Chapman and Stevie Nicks. Yeah. Brandy Carlisle. And stuff. it's like, they sing in my range. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. That's a very uncomfortable range for me. <laughs> so when I try to do it, it takes a lot of effort. Yeah. And I wish that that wasn't the case. A lot of the guys that a lot of the singers I really like are like that. Josh Weathers, yeah, is way up there. Yeah, he's stupid crazy. Yeah, and Sean and and uh, Alan Stone's up there. Oh yeah, and, and you know the guys that I really like. I I don't think that that's the only way, but those guys get a lot of recognition for that. Right, it's a very clean and a very it cuts through. Yeah, I like that, and it's powerful. Know? Yeah, all all of those singers and yourself, it's there's a lot of power behind that. Um, and I'm envious of that. I try to hit this, this, the register that's comfortable for me. And I try to just get it, make it, make it as rich as I can mm -hmm. with in my, in my chest. And that's kind of where I live. I'm See, I, that's a, some, some of the low register stuff, or there's like, it's not really the lower, lower stuff, but like low mid stuff that my voice, like, I don't know. It's like, it'll be like shaky on those. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I can't hold a note like I can. Yeah. If it was two octaves above that, right, you know what I right. mean. I can't do it down there. It's yeah. it's kind of weird, but uh, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, there's a there's a I do some Stapleton tunes, and I I don't mean to admit that <gasps> to anybody because that's pretty played out. But the songs <laughs> that I that I do, I feel like his his register and my register are are similar. I don't have the voice like he has. I'm not claiming that, but I can I feel comfortable singing his songs. Yeah. Um whatever the the upper register of my chest voice in the key of d he does a lot of d and that's mm -hmm. that's uh a comfortable place for me to be in I, I find myself being at least singing his some of those songs and not feeling like i sing them poorly right you know i don't sound like him and nobody does which no is does. he's incredible and i don't <laughs> i'm not claiming that for sure but i uh but when i do sean mcconnell songs i i have to move them around or yeah or whatever because that's just He's crazy, man. His range is crazy. And then uh, he so does so little. much in his falsetto, too, like on live shows. Yeah. Like songs that he normally doesn't do, he'll, he'll take these runs. That go really? I've never seen him sky. live. Oh, my gosh. Never man. one time. I've I've always wanted to, and every time I go unreal. on to do that, it's always sold out or something. Yeah, remember. it's unreal, dude. <clears throat> I've met him 
a handful of times. But I never. You seen know, him play. we talked about appreciating a good vocalist, man. Him live is really. It's better than the records, and his records are great. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's it's it, it's honest. It's one of those when you go that it's better than he sang it. Yeah. You know, on the record. <laughs> That's awesome. Every time I've seen him, man, I've never seen a bad performance from him. Yeah. I, I fangirl on him pretty uh, yeah. hard. Yeah, I do too. It just seems so effortless when he's doing it and the runs, <clears throat> and he's always on pitch, and it's always and I've never, crystal clear to me. Like, you either get like out of a guy, he'll either be a great songwriter, he'll be a great guitar player, or he'll be a great vocalist. And he's like the best at all of them. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like yeah. he shreds on guitar. His vocals are crazy. And then his songwriting on top of yeah. that, it's just like yeah. unreal to me. Yeah. I feel that way about Jason Isbell. He doesn't mm-hmm. strike the chord as much as a vocalist, mm-hmm. but he's a very powerful vocalist in his yeah. own in his own range. But that dude can, have you ever seen him live? Yeah. That dude can wail on the yeah. guitar. <laughs> Holy shit. I saw him. Um, he will just go crazy on that 335. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know, I've been listening to that, uh, Brent Cobb record. Mm-hmm. Have you listened to any of that? Some and Jason of plays a uh, slide guitar mm-hmm. on that thing. Yeah. I didn't know that, but I just figured that out the other day, but he is, his slide guitar is yeah. unreal. It's crazy. Yeah. Cause he did all that with the truckers. Yeah. And I didn't realize that when I got into Jason Isbell, it was, it was just him. I didn't, yeah. I never really got into the drive by truckers. And yeah. Then I kind of started working my way backwards and realized, right. you know, they used to play, I lived in Denton for years and they were on their way up, you know, and they would play at Dan Silverleaf in Denton. And I just go, I don't know who that is. I'm not going to yeah. see that. I remember <laughs> seeing them on the bill and just going, nah, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to do that. Because when you hear the name, you're like, oh, that could be like yeah. a cover band from, yeah, you know, Joe Blow, Texas. Yeah. Or, you know I, what I mean? I was thinking I probably some kind of boot stomping yeah. country music, and that wasn't me <laughs> at all. Yeah. So, yeah. I talked to uh, their sound guy up there, Jimmy. I, I talked to him about it the last time I was up there about – uh, Jason Isbell being in there and that was back when he was pretty strung out and he was real young yeah. early 20s and you know he said it was a it was an interesting experience it was a treat <laughs> yeah dealing with you know all of them were, were kind of in the, in a way so it was pretty cool man I saw Jason um, at the Blue Light in Lubbock oh wow probably it was after the release of Southeastern because I bought I bought it on vinyl that night, mm. but uh, I think it was short, very shortly after the release of that album, before he got all the attention from it, and uh, obviously it was sold out. It was a crazy show there, mm. and then I got to see him again um, a year later, or two years later. It was right after he won that Grammy for um, something more than a free record. What did he win that Grammy for? I don't, I don't know. know if it was a certain song or uh, what, but he won that Grammy from, from that record. And I was like mind blown. I was like, as awesome as the show was at Blue Light, it was two times better right. at this one. And Honest. then I saw him uh, four months ago or whatever it was at the Windstar Casino, mm-hmm. and was equally mind blown this yeah. time. I was like, oh my gosh, is this gonna? You know, <laughs> every single time it's just like so much better, and it it was unreal. Dude. That's awesome. The light show and the. The guitar playing from, I don't know, it was crazy. I've never seen anyone be able to control a room that big. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like he did. He commands yeah. the crowd. It was crazy, man. But yeah. He's like got said, a, it just gets better. He's got a big personality. He he gets it out of people, yeah. for sure. That's, a, that's something that I don't think you can learn how to do. You either have that command or you don't. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think some of that probably comes with your, with your legend of, you know, the more popular you get, the more... Right that probably ebb and ebbs and flows with that. But mm-hmm. you know, there's, 
there's a handful of people that I know that are like that. Josh Weathers is one of those people. Yeah. When they start singing, like, you just shut up and watch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, everybody in a big room. I've seen him work a crowd into just a frenzy. Yeah. And, you know, at the Blue, we played at the Blue Light probably three years ago before he quit the first time. Mm -hmm. And when he was still, like, firing, I was in his band. And, I mean, we sold out. He sold out the Blue Light. And then we were at the end of the night, and he does shout, which, I mean, you can't you can't not be in a frenzy yeah. in that, but they were so glued on him at that, that they were jumping up and down and everyone was shaking their beer. And like, <laughs> everyone was just, it was like, they just didn't know what to do yeah, with themselves. That's all they could do. Yeah. Uncontrollable. Dude. Yeah. And it was just, I was just had my mouth open. Like I've never seen anything like that. It Wait. was funny. I, uh, I had a friend, um, had never seen him and I was like, dude, you have to, you have to watch this dude. And he was playing at the mule Marn and Justin. Mm-hmm. This was, I don't know how many years ago. But we went up there, and it was a pretty decent crowd. Like I don't, I don't think it was sold out, but there was a lot of people there. But like no one was like standing up front, you know, like right. by thing. And he hadn't started playing yet. I forget who was opening was playing, and um, I was like, watch when he when he starts playing. Yeah, they're just gonna. Yeah. F- and as soon as he started playing, dude, probably you know started grooving. You know, once that groove starts, yeah. oh man, <laughs> and like people just started dancing where they were, started moving up. I mean, it was just yeah. uncontrollable. You yeah. know what I mean? It was pretty awesome though to see that. It is awesome in the actual sense of the word. Yeah, awesome. Like it's, it's incredible. I don't know. It's it's it was a, a treat for me to get to be in the band for so long yeah. and and s- sit there and kind of just watch how it happened and it yeah. flows out of him. Yeah. He can't help himself even, you know, he's up, he's up there on stage doing stuff and it's, he, he can't help it. You know, yeah. he dances and he moves around and he, he gets so excited. He sings till his voice cracks and yeah. he just, and it's loud and big at that point. <laughs> yeah. And that happening makes people go crazy. Cause he just did that too. You know, it's, yeah. it's a thing, man. And I, I don't, there's, there've been books, scientific studies and books written about that, yeah. that the, the X factor, the, the it factor, you know, and there people, the consensus is that you either have it or you don't, and you have it to certain degrees, you know, where people just fall, fall all over themselves to want to like you and right. be around yeah. you, you know, and he's they just, can't help it. he's just dripping with it. Yeah. You know, he is. Right? I, you have it, you have a lot of it. People, <clears throat> people are drawn to you to a point. I have it. I probably to a lesser degree, you know, where people, you know, if I in the right setting and uh, if I just played and I, everyone's in a good mood, you know, I'm, right. I'm in that, but when I see people like that, I met Lee Trevino the other day. Oh, really? Uh, do you know who Lee Trevino is? I don't. I don't He's a <laughs> golf professional golf legend. He's an older gentleman now, but in the you know the seventies, he was like the guy. But he was always touted as being this huge brand personality. Yeah. For the PGA Tour, he would do interviews and you know, and to the degree that Josh Weathers has that that it X factor, multiply that by a hundred. Uh, when yeah. you see Lee Trevino, like I was next to him, he's probably five foot five and I was standing next to him talking and I felt like I was an inch tall and he was <laughs> the nicest guy you've ever met, but he just, he commands yeah. something inside of you. Like he, <laughs> like you turn into a little puppet next, like he could make you do anything. Yeah. And it was just, just his presence. Yeah. And he's telling <laughs> stories and he's laughing and everyone just can't help themselves. They were laughing and like, it was it was an incredible experience yeah. to be around somebody like that and, and feel that there's just yeah. magnetism that like I could feel it in my chest. Like I love this person. <laughs> I've, we've never met. He and just I don't, made me love him. He doesn't know me from Adam. And I, <laughs> I love this person. Like I genuinely 
want him to like me. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, man. There's a whole lot of science behind that. And I you, need to figure out those scientific studies. I guess. Yeah, they're books, man. I'll I'll give you links to them. We you, talked you'd about have, that reading. You have to there. read. Yeah, maybe there's audio books. <laughs> yeah, that's you what do I need. a lot of driving. So. I can do the audio books, man. <laughs> those and podcasts, man, will keep me yeah. on the road sometimes. Yeah, yeah, me too. But I mean, I've I've done a lot of research on the. I guess maybe a sister science to that uh, would be the like the psychology of of. Uh, like your posture mm-hmm. and how you how you're perceived based on what you're yeah. putting out. You yeah. know, if if you sit all clammy and closed up, you're giving off the vibe of I'm insecure and I'm whatever. But if you stand there all big like this and you're like, yeah. you make yourself, you puff yourself up like they do that. Animals do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? To make themselves look bigger and meaner and whatever. There's a lot of psychology uh, to that as well. You know, right. if you're on stage and you're and you're just looking at the floor the whole time versus if you've got your chest out and you're like engaging right. the audience, there's a lot of that huge difference. Yeah, it is. And, and that's not even something that you have to practice. Like you don't have to work on that. You yeah. can just do it and it changes the entire vibe of your show. You just got to be conscious about it. Yeah. And then eventually <laughs> that becomes a part of you, right? you know, and, but you know, that's something that you don't have to spend hours running scales or, mm-hmm. you know, working on lyrics to a song. You can just get up there and just be this thing, yeah. you know, physically. And, and it t- changes the way people perceive you and they don't even know it's happening. Yeah. That's the amazing part. You know, you can, I do that. I, okay. I like to mess with people a lot. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I consider like myself, no, just in general. Oh, <laughs> I consider myself, in a public setting, I have really bad social anxieties, like really bad. <laughs> yeah. So I, I like to kind of put myself in the position of kind of an outlier. Like I don't, you know what I mean? Like I, I feel like I don't really belong to any of the groups that are that are in town, but I'm a part of all of them, but I don't really <laughs> belong to any of them. I talk <laughs> shit about them, but, right, but right. I'm also a part of them. But I'm, yeah, also shit talking myself exactly. while I'm doing that. So when I like I, I like to mess with people because I've looked up a lot of the psychology on that kind of stuff. Uh, if I'm in like a group of maybe three or four people standing around talking at, the, at a bar, everyone's we're just chatting about whatever. There's psychology that's happening subconsciously that you don't that right. you don't realize is happening. One of the things that I like to do is if I'm in a group of two or three people, you no one stands with their shoulders perfectly square at parallel. each other yeah everyone stands at an angle like this and it's because in whatever uh, n- whatever super old natural thing that is if you square up to somebody that's a threat right and so i'll do that to people in mid, in mid conversation <laughs> i'll i'll line my shoulders up to theirs in my chest <laughs> And you can see them and it's a totally and they like move. Yeah, yeah. It's a totally amicable conversation <laughs> and everything where everyone's having a good time yeah. and I'll just do it real slow and I'll just kind of get in front of them and <laughs> you can like see them. Kinda, yeah. Like, you can yeah. see them kind of like, like their palms get sweaty for a second and they move and then I'll like match them. I'll fall. I've moved someone around a room. I've walked somebody like I've walked somebody home before. Ten feet. Yeah. I've, I walked a guy like 10 feet to the uh, side. We just, good. just kept like, and you know, he's playing it off as if he's shifting his weight onto his other yeah. foot. And so I shift my weight onto my other foot. I walk, he, doesn't know he has no he's... clue. 
And it's hilarious to me. Why do I keep moving? There are a lot of things. I know there's a handful of things like that that I do. Uh, the mirroring is another one. People do mirroring subconsciously. If you're standing in a group of people and you're standing next to someone who's got their arms crossed, if you cross your arms and stand there for about two minutes and then you uncross your arms, they'll uncross their arms. Nine out of ten times. <laughs> oh, dude, I was watching. Uh... So you, I just, I'll just keep going to my pockets. I'll, I'll put Try my hands on my else. hips. <laughs> I'll get on this leg and cross this leg. I do. It's hilarious. You seen that video on Facebook? Um, Sorry if I've done that to you, yeah. which I probably have. I'm moving right now. <laughs> square up with you. <laughs> have you seen um, the video where they're in some waiting room, and I guess it's like to a doctor's office or something, but they're doing this study, and so they have this girl in here, and they bring this other guy in. And they have this like buzzer or alarm, something that goes off, a ding. I don't know what the sound was, but ding, ding, ding. And the guy stands up and just like stands up for like 10 seconds and then sits back down. <laughs> and she sits there and she's kind of looking at the dude or whatever. And then it goes off again, ding, ding, ding. The dude stands up, sits back down. Well, by the third time yeah. when it dings, she stands up with him. <laughs> like she has no idea why. Yeah. Stands up, and so she starts doing it every time the buzzer goes off. Well, someone else comes into the waiting room, yeah, and they're watching these two people. <laughs> and like every time the buzzer goes off, they stand up, and yeah. like I said, by the third or fourth time, they're like, Okay, yeah, and they just That's... so they have this do it until they have like 10 people in this room, <laughs> and all 10 of them, except for the one person that they sent in at the beginning, yeah, all 10 of them unknowingly are yeah. like standing up and sitting down That's on command. So incredible, yeah, unreal. Human man. nature is so weird <laughs> like that, but there's things like that like there's got to be ways that you can utilize that like in what we do mm-hmm. there has to be some way to to have have a very solid understanding of that element of human nature and put that in your show somehow yeah there has to be a way to do that some sort of call and response every time i say this thing you say this back to me i've seen people that do that mm-hmm. um there's just got to be some way to capitalize on that. Yeah, and people sure. would do it innately. They don't even know. They yeah. don't know why. And then it makes them like you. Because exactly. They're, they don't know why, but yeah, they do. <laughs> there's got to be some way to do that. Someone who, whoever figures that out could probably market that to <laughs> lower level musicians. It's crazy. It is crazy. But I love that aspect of it. There are studies of which musical keys are the saddest and which ones are the happiest. The reason the C that C is the happiest. Yeah, a B. I think it was like B minor is the saddest key. That's yeah. what they said. They that key elicited in whatever double blind study they did that elicited the most reaction. I wonder of what that study is like. I have no put idea. Put your headphones and they're just like they pl- play that chord. I don't know. I have no <laughs> idea. I have no idea. But that there was a whole article like there's Crazy. a there's a paper published on that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know to what degree that is is real. You know what I'm, I mean? But it's a pretty sad. Key. enough hey you know every song in minor i try to do b minor ever since i read it so yeah. it did something to me but you know there's studies on that kind of stuff and like uh music like hip-hop not hip-hop music but like club music mm-hmm. the just bounce up and down mm-hmm. they're most of them are between 100 and 30 130 beats per minute, 120 and 130 beats per minute yeah because somewhere in there your heart rate at an elevated rate when you're exercising is resting at, at an elevated rate between 120 and 130 beats per minute. So they want it like with your heartbeat. Yeah. And you don't realize (laughs) this music is, is, is 
transcending your body at this point. Yeah. If that particular song you're in rhythm you're, with your yeah, if yeah. you're bouncing up and down and you're at an elevated heart rate or doing drugs, which caused that, which a yeah. lot of them probably are, you're you're connecting with this music on a on a whole different level. And you and don't even realize you it. You even yeah. realize it, but that's yeah. why that you know, there the studies that I read that's, that's why, why people are die hard like that. They can't yeah. get enough of it. It's it's yeah. a huge genre because of that. It's and it, it doesn't even matter that it's just a DJ up there pushing a button. It's Doesn't not about it's not play, about that yeah. <laughs> because that that beat and that driving pulsing bass is matching your heart rate or almost, and that you you feel a connection with that music. Like that's never heard that's, that. that's why. Crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. I thought it was just the ecstasy. Probably <laughs> that's a lot of it. That's a lot of it. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean I don't know, but that's a lot of it. <laughs> so but that's the kind of stuff that I like to think about is that's I'm a big fan of, of that. I enjoy, you know, working on my craft and, and doing it organically like that. But yeah, if I can find a little thing like that, that I can incorporate a little key. Yeah. You know, like if little... I can write a song that's 122 <clears throat> beats per minute and, and hit one of those just driving bass lines, yeah. you know, maybe I'll try to make that into just a, a danceable song yeah. and just just leave it out there for that, you know, yeah. and then move on. I'll write the saddest song I've ever written in B minor. I don't know, <laughs> but I like that kind of stuff. I, yeah. I enjoy that side of it just as much. You know, there's that's the stuff people don't realize. Like, like why some people like a song and don't have any clue why. You yeah. Know what I mean, it, obviously some people like song cause of the lyrics or whatever. Sure. But some people like a song and they don't have a reason. And I'm sure it's stuff like that subliminally that, yeah connect to that b minor or something <laughs> something yeah something. i've i mean i've always been told ever since i started writing songs is that people will decide whether or not they like your song within the first five seconds really five or ten seconds which is why people skip through cds so quickly yeah you know the first couple of seconds didn't grab yeah. you yeah move on to the next one i'm guilty of that oh yeah you know i have to force myself to go listen to things and i found some of my favorite tracks a year later. Yeah. Since I've had the record. Yeah, I never bothered yeah. to. It was just happened to be on and I zoned out and this song well, came on. Well, and then on there's and, sometimes, you know, uh, you know, there's sometimes I don't want to listen to a slow song. Right. You know what I mean? Or I don't want, you know, sometimes I do, you know, sometimes yeah. I don't want to listen to a rocker, you know, it just yeah. depends. I'm sure mood and all that stuff. We mm -hmm. need to break that all down. We need to do a study. There's a lot. There's something to that, man. I'm telling you, people who are much smarter than you and I. We need to figure that out before <laughs> I release my next. Record. Yeah, yeah. And then we can sit on you and I can sit down and write thirty songs. I'll take half oh, of them. You man. take half of them, and we'll take over the world. Gosh, we gotta hold that key. Dude. We'll have a monopoly in. I'll have a monopoly in the soul music world, and you can have the monopoly in the Americana world. <laughs> there we go, dude. And we'll be on top of everything. <laughs> we'll just make a dubstep album, I guess. <laughs> I mean, why not? I've we just heard, need the MIDI keyboard. Is pretty much we can do it. Hey, I got one right here. I'm all set. I make demos here. This is the, what this is set up for. I make full, full demos. I'll do drums nice. and bass and keys and all of it on here. I don't know. It's good enough. That's all you need. I dude. send them to my band and I go learn this and yeah. then we rehearse it and it. It's Actually, good a lot easier. Yeah, it's good enough. I know. I have a drum kit over here under all these boxes that is mic'd up or was mic'd up. I don't know. What are the boxes for? Are you moving? Yeah, I'm moving in July. Oh, dang. Where are you going? I don't know. Somewhere <laughs> else in this <laughs> neighborhood. Sweet. I don't know. I've threatened to move to like Atlanta or Philadelphia or something. That's where my my genre and the people who think like me musically, they're up in the Northeast. Yeah. They're not down here. I have a lot of trouble 
getting any traction in the South and the Texas region specifically. Right. I'm, you know, I, I feel like, well, and I don't know that I've never like straight up said, Hey, I'm Texas country, mm-hmm. but being from Texas, I feel like obviously just helps in that sense. Like mm-hmm. I can say Texas music mm-hmm. instead of, you know what I mean? Right. Just to get into a right. certain venue or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. But, um, I feel like that does have a big effect because in Texas, like a lot of time, if it's not country, they don't want to hear it. You know what I mean? Yeah, a lot. If they of can't two step to it, they don't want to yeah. hear it. You know? Yeah. And, and they so they automatically, they've made up their mind because it's not. It doesn't say Texas country in the, yeah. in the subject line or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every genre that's not Texas and Red Dirt music is fighting directly with Texas and Red Dirt right. music. Mm-hmm. Every genre. So it's it's a thousand against one, but they're they're the same size. That mm-hmm. thousand and that one are the same size. Yeah. And it's difficult, man. It's very difficult. I there are a lot of places like I <coughs> I did uh Blaine's one time mm-hmm. in San Angelo, which is a great venue. You know, if anyone's ever thinking about going there, you should go there. It's awesome. They hated me. Really? Yeah. I mean it was when I put out that Americana record last year. Mm-hmm. And I only wrote about ten of those songs. We had to play for three hours. And so I dug into the other stuff my, with minus the horns. That would have made it even worse, <laughs> but minus the horns. But, you know, and they didn't, you know, they liked the songs that that sounded like what they wanted to hear. But the rest of the stuff, they didn't even give it the time of day. Yeah. There were a lot of people looking at me like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, yeah. You know? So I have a hard time. There's a there are a couple of pockets in a couple of venues in a couple of towns in Texas that I can play well. Fort Worth is one of them. I think yeah. it's mostly because I've beat people over the head with it enough that they like accepted fine. it. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. And <laughs> that's kind of how it feels sometimes here. But there's a place in uh, San Antonio that I do really well. You know, we'll pull in 200 people every time we play there. Yeah. And it, have you ever been to Scat Lounge, Scat Jazz Lounge here in Fort mm-hmm. Worth? It's dark, red velvet curtains everywhere. You know, kind of, it's a jazz club. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine what a jazz club looks like. Yeah. It's that in San Antonio, basically. Oh, cool. It's they only book. Jazz, blues, and R and B. That's it. So they love us, yeah, because we incorporate all of those things yeah. into one. But it's an oasis in the middle of that town, you know, where there's there there's that uh, what is it, the Cowboys? Oh yeah, down there that's huge. Yeah. And there's you know a bunch of places to do country music and boot scooting. I just I try I don't know I try really hard not to fight it. I try to just find my find my lane. However right. narrow and just stay in it. I've never considered myself an, an a red dirt artist. Right. I song swap with a lot of them and I love them to death and I enjoy it because it's different between the two of us. Right. But I've never tried to market myself that way. Yeah. And same here. I'm not gonna do that, you know. <clears throat> you have a lot more elements to your music than than most of the other ones do. You know, and I, I think that that you would you would be doing yourself a disservice if you did that if you yeah. said this is what we are. Well, I feel like there's a certain you know like there's some places that we can fit in mm-hmm. as you know that that those Texas guys Texas country guys play. There's places that we can fit in, but then there's also like which I, I hate playing the the big ones, but the big you know chain bars and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I can't play those because for one, people come there because they want to dance, right? They want to two step or whatever the whole time, right? And we've got some songs you could two-step to. Sure. But then, you know, then the second half when we're all playing electric guitars and stuff and it's a lot more rock and roll, yeah. people are kind of looking up there and they're like, yeah. all right, like, yeah. play She Already Knows Again <laughs> yeah, so we can yeah. two-step. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's tough, like, trying to find 
those places that you do fit in and obviously finding the places that you don't and mm-hmm. and not going back to those yeah because there's plenty of those places you play that one time and you're like well yeah that was fun that one time but yeah. uh well it's not gonna work there katie from san angelo from blaine's uh-huh. emailed me like a week after that gig and was like hey let's get more dates i was like no like <laughs> i would love to do that but i don't think that's a good idea yeah. <laughs> excuse me i don't think we're gonna build here i think we should probably just do something else. I was doing, uh, there's another place in San Angelo called uh, the House of Fifi Dubois. Yeah. Played there a few times and never could build a crowd. I just yeah. kind of gave up it's on that. It's a tough that. town. It is. The town kind of reminds me of Wichita Falls, as in like size-wise, it's it's pretty similar. And to me, like Wichita Falls has a, a strange musical taste. Like, um, you know, there's some artists that will come through there and, and sell out places and then there's there's other artists that i would think would be way better right and you know there'll be 40 people at their show and so like I've, i haven't been able to pinpoint like what it is exactly they like yeah i don't know maybe they just got their favorites and in a, in a town at smaller like that it's more about like not what artist is playing, but like, where's the party at? Where's the yeah, most people going to be in town sure. that night? And that's where people go for sure. And so it, it sucks for, for great artists that'll come through there and not pull any people Yeah, just because there's a, it seems like a little band, you know, it seems like the little pockets like that need to be told what to like. And they where do. To go. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> they have their radio station that everybody listens to. And if you're not on it, you're mm-hmm. not going to draw because right. they haven't been told that's Me what and, to um, do. James Cook just started a little, like, songwriter series there in Wichita Falls that we're we're trying out. Uh, we're doing it the last Tuesday of every month, and we're trying to, like, bring people to Wichita Falls that people need to hear. Mm-hmm. And we're like, you know, hopefully we can, even if it's just at a small level, like, yeah. show these people, like, hey, there's so much great music yeah. that you're missing out on by by not going to these shows or whatever, but uh, yeah. it's, it's slowly grabbing some people's attention and we're, we're trying to do it, but uh, it's, it's a tough market and, yeah. and there's a lot of different cities like that, but yeah, well, I, I feel like you're right though. Like you just got to tell them what they, yeah what they need to listen to. You know what yeah. I mean? You just, if you become that voice <laughs> for them, you know, someone that they trust, right. Then you can right. start introducing new things. I like Shane is doing on Sundays on that yeah. show that, they're playing stuff that's not in the format yeah. because that's stuff that you need to hear. Right. You know, and you listen to it for that specifically. Mm-hmm. You know, he's doing a good thing with that. And they're not all hits for me, but, right. you know, it's it's stuff that I wouldn't have heard otherwise, probably. Mm-hmm. You know, that's important. That's very important. But I feel like those markets, though, those little pockets, I feel like I, I've, I've toured nationally a lot. And I, f- I feel like I, I've run into that scenario more in the New Mexico, Oklahoma, Louisiana, Texas region mm-hmm. more than anywhere else. Because it seems that most of the other places that we go, even if it's a smaller town, the people are a lot more open-minded. And yeah. I attribute that directly to the Texas music revolution mm-hmm. where it's, fuck you, you're not from Texas. It did a lot of great, but it also, it did that, it set the people's minds in that mode yeah from and the get-go and it's getting worse because the younger generation now the 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 kids that are in you know in college now that are around 20 mm-hmm. they're indoctrinated into that 
Mm-hmm. It wasn't as aggressive when I went into college in 2004. You know, the the Pat Greens and Robert O'Keens and all of that, that was still pretty fresh. Yeah. They hadn't created a new genre of music yet. Right. It was still folk and country music back then. You know, it didn't. It wasn't a, a thing that had taken over yet. Right. But now the kids get into high school and they become conscious of music on their own accord, you know, and that's what, that's what's out there. Mm-hmm. And then they get, they become partial to it and you know, it, it becomes this thing, but you know, you go to Colorado sucks. and play around, you know, the mountain towns and around Colorado and, and West into California and all those places. And then East up the East coast. It's not like that because yeah. they're, they have everything and there's not North Carolina music. Right. That's not yeah. a thing. The North Carolina music scene that doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And it sounds yeah. weird to say like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I wouldn't think twice about it. Say tech, the Texas music scene that yeah. makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. You know, so it's a really strange thing. And my experience is there is that I can go into a club, and it doesn't really matter what kind of club. It, there aren't there aren't as many genre specific clubs. Yeah. Out there, They're outside just clubs of this and they region, have all types of music. They, they yeah. call them rock and roll clubs because yeah. it's everything. Yeah, and they they'll have country this night, they'll have blues this night, and funk this night, and it's the same and week. Folk and it doesn't yeah, matter. And, and the people go because they want to hear this type of thing, not because yeah. they don't like this venue or whatever. And and you know we've played a ton of places that just advertise themselves. They're just music venues, right. and you play there and they do a good job of advertising what you are to their, yeah. their city, you know, and then the people yeah, I played up in um, New York for the first time uh, in January. And it was a cool place up there. That was exactly that. It's just a music venue. And they had music seven nights a week, starting at six in the evening, going to, I think the last band played at midnight or whatever, mm-hmm. but you know, they had a detailed list on their website. You know, this guy's, Americana. This is a folk duo. This is hip hop. This is jazz. You know, yeah. and it, it told you exactly what it was, and you can pick what you want. There's something different every night. Yeah, and it's it's great, man. That's awesome. I wish there was tons more places like that. And getting out of Texas and stuff like that, you realize there are more places yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah, and I think that you would probably do really well in that, in more on more of a national scale because you haven't pigeonholed yourself right. into that. Your right. voice and your music transcends multiple genres yeah and you don't try to force it down people's throat and Mm -hmm. that and you know it's this and you either like this or you don't and i think that's a really good way to be the only club around here that i know of that does that is the granada theater in dallas Mm -hmm. if you get on there on their website as they're promoting things it it every single one of them says goes good with Right. And they'll name off about six artists. Related artists, yeah. Just that if you like this, you'll probably like this. Yeah. And that gives you a pretty good sense. You know, there's a ton of, they book a ton of stuff, touring acts, because they can hold almost 1,500, I think, in there. Yeah. So they book a lot of touring acts that aren't from here that will sell 1,000 tickets. But most of them are artists that I don't know. And so mm-hmm. I'll get on their calendar on every week and see new stuff and go, oh, well, I like this artist, so maybe yeah. I'll like this and maybe right. I'll go, you know. Also, have you ever played there, the Granada? No, just their little attached, the Sundown, Sundown bar. Yeah. yeah, I've played that a couple times, but not at the theater. The Granada Theater is the most hospitable venue I've ever played in my entire life. Really? It's incredible. To the to a fault, probably, because they hire a lot of backstage people. Yeah. And that, that comes out of your your house cost. Yeah. If you're the headliner, I've never headlined there because yeah. I can't I don't have that kind of pull. So it doesn't affect my pay, but I've been told that, you know, we don't need eight 
you know, backstage people. Runners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but, you know, but, but it's incredible. The hospitality That's there cool. is unbelievable. If you ever get a chance to open or do anything there, it's definitely, they treat you like royalty, even the openers. They, I've been first of three. I've been second of three or second of two or, or whatever, or second of three. They, they treat you the same. Yeah. They treat you the same as the headliner. Everyone's respectful. They get you whatever you need, you know, within reason. And it's Mike, Mike Schoder owns it. He owns both of them. But uh, man, That's he, cool. he runs a tight ship. Shout out that to doesn't uh, happen to Mike at a lot of places. It doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> it's almost it, non-existent. It at, is at a lot and, of places, and that's why I make a point to say it now because it is not like that. A lot of the venues that I go to, and that I've been to, <clears throat> they treat you like you're one of their employees, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, rather than someone who's in there to to improve the situation, you're right. just another bartender or something, and and. I don't appreciate that as much. You know, I always do my job to the best of my ability, but I've had some encounters with some managers like during load-ins that have been like, well, if I wasn't in the middle of Kansas right now, I would tell you to get fucked and I'd leave. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? If this happened, <laughs> if I had that conversation in Louisville, yeah. we would have left. You know what I yeah. mean? So I don't know. That's, I make a point to say all of that because the Granada is there. a it's a good place to play. It's yeah. a genuinely good place to play with good people, and I appreciate that. So for all of you who have never been backstage at that particular venue, just know, just know, they're Chris tre- is getting well taken care. They're of. treating their artists <laughs> very well. So the good show that you got that it's night because of that is because that makes a huge difference, man. Yeah, the the conditions and stuff you have to do before the show, absolutely, it's a huge difference in in your performance, yeah. or at least me. Absolutely. I try not to let that happen. You know, if something shitty happens or if I get into a weird conversation with a bartender or something, I try not to let that affect you, but it's impossible not to fully, you know? So when you're, when, you know, when you're given, you know, and I don't need to be treated like royalty because I'm not, and I'm not famous and I'm not anybody that deserves anything. Just have some mutual respect is all I ask. Yeah. But you've hired me to be here, Mm -hmm. you know? So, you know, if you're going to, Treat someone with respect. That's really the bottom line. So, I don't know. But, anyway, if you can get out... I'll give you a list of clubs that I think that you would do well in that I don't think a lot of the other Texas artists would as much do well in because you cross over into that soul. I feel like you could tailor your set to open for Randy Rogers or you could tailor your set to open for somebody in my genre. Yeah. Either way. And I feel like it would go over well both ways. Yeah. And I think that's a cool position to be in for you. Yeah, uh, that opens yeah, up a like, lot of doors, probably. Yeah, the set, and which the set it always includes like, like I said, there's some songs you get two steps to. There's, there's some rock and roll songs. There's some stripped down singer songwriter. Mm-hmm. Just me and a guitar. You know, I always do a couple acoustic things in the full band stuff. So we kind of try to tailor to, like I said, because you know we're opening up for, like I said, we hadn't opened up for Andy Rogers, but we're opening up for you know. Texas guys like that, Wade mm-hmm. Bowen or stuff like that. And then also, you know, we're opening up for uh, the occasional rock band or whatever. And I like to think, like I said, that it, it bridges that mm-hmm. and can be a little bit of both. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just be my own thing. And that's whatever that is. Yeah. <clears throat> that's the most important thing. Just be you. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm doing a, a tour with um, Christian Lopez. Uh, he's, a, he's from West Virginia. But um, we're doing a tour up the Northeast, going through New York and Baltimore and Philly, Connecticut, and awesome. stuff like that. Um, full band? Actually, actually, I'm opening up acoustic on all the shows for them. They're full band. And um, 
just kind of test the waters and mm-hmm. um, I'm excited about that. Yeah. Five states and five days. Yeah, that'll be really cool for you kind of I'm excited. broaden your broaden yeah. your fan base and Definitely. That's where it's at, man. Up there in the northeast, there's they're open-minded. They want to be entertained. And um I feel like a lot of them, you know, obviously there's the music venues and stuff that'll do music a lot, but um a lot of them like here in Texas, you get so used to there being someone playing every single night of the week, every, mm-hmm. you know, all these venues. And so there's not as much of like an urgency to go see a show because right. it's it's always there everywhere. Right. And so I feel like that, you know, in other places like that, when they're not as flooded with all this stuff and, you know, and they do have these venues that bring in good varieties of, of stuff like that. It makes a big difference for attendance and appreciation for the music when the, the people that do come for sure. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of those clubs, in my experience, it's the kind of place where you're sitting at home at five o'clock on a Friday going, I want to go out tonight and hear some live music. Yeah but I don't know who any of these bands are. I'm going to go to this particular venue because I know that it's going to be good. Yeah. Cause no they, matter they what. book good stuff. Yeah. And that's, I feel like that happens a lot more mm-hmm. in those places where it's, you know, do music Thursday through Saturday only. Yeah. You know, they have to do good stuff. Mm-hmm. Magnolia motor lounge is good for that. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. um, you can go in there in and out of the week and something good is happening. Yeah. It'll be different, but something good. Yeah. yeah. They, he's Brian's really good about booking a lot of variety. Yeah. He's a very, he has a very eclectic iPod mix. Yeah. And he, he has an appreciation for a lot of different stuff and he has an appreciation for stuff that will bring in a good crowd too. You know, yeah. there's a, there, that's gotta be a really hard job. That's a hard balance. Yeah. You know, booking, booking a venue that I couldn't imagine seven nights a week yeah. does music and, and keeping it fresh. I would go crazy. <laughs> yeah. And you know, sometimes he's grumpy when I try to talk to him about booking and stuff. And then if, if he is, I'll just kind of give him a space. Cause I know that that's gotta be a tough job. I don't oh, yeah. want to do it. I wouldn't want to do it, but just think about the thousands of emails yeah you have to go through yeah oh man and just a lot of crap i feel that way like that shane hollinger probably oh yeah he'll just get a stack of of press kits just weekly it's like where do you start yeah and you have to listen to piles and piles yeah and you try you have to give him your due he says he listens to all of them yeah you know and i don't i believe him when he says it you know but that would that would take up all of your time yeah you've got 20 of them a week or something like that yeah. and then they're calling you a couple weeks later <laughs> did you play it did you listen to it what'd you, you think it? yeah you know so that'd be, job. yeah i don't i don't want to do that i don't envy that part of their jobs at all no <clears throat> i don't either but it is what it is that i feel like also that the texas music market is the only market that exists these days where getting on the radio will make or break your career that doesn't yeah. exist anywhere else anymore. Right. That was a you know in the seventies you had to get on the radio yeah. so people knew who you were, but now with the internet and whatever. Yeah. But in the Texas music market, there's this the flagship stations in every in every mm-hmm. market. You know. And if you're not on them, if you're, you're not, not on playing them, that market, probably. nobody knows who you are. And if <laughs> or you, you may do, be playing it, but yeah, no one's showing. No up. one's coming yet, and they haven't been they haven't been instructed to like you yet. Exactly. So. Yeah, it's crazy the amount of difference it makes. Man. It really is, and it's that only exists here. And it's really, you know, I've I've got some stuff that's on the radio up there in the northeast off of that black, white, and gray record, mm-hmm. and I still get, you know, I get reports, and it, they play it constantly. Yeah, but I don't get any fans out of that. It's just yeah. another song on the radio. But down here, man, if you 
that's that's your career that's, the way to that's go. your lifeline yeah. it's crazy to see that you know when i got <clears throat> i did a, i did a single off of that uh fort worth sessions ep last year that 17 song mm-hmm. and it was statewide for it made it was it made a complete cycle you know six months or whatever and then it started dropping off but the influx of messages and likes on Facebook and Instagram that I got from that, I could tell where it was being played. Yeah. Based on looking at the profiles of the people who liked yeah. my pages and say, Oh, all of these are in are in New Braunfels. Yeah. Okay, they're playing it down there. <laughs> like yeah. I don't need to get the report because I know where it's coming yeah. from. It's it's crazy. I never experienced anything like that. I've had a lot of songs on the I've had I've done five records now and I've had a song on every every record on the radio at some point. It's never happened like that. Yeah. Never. It's crazy. It's crazy, man. That's what this there's so much um there's so much good stuff that's happened because of this like Texas music thing, but there's a lot of shit, man. Yeah. There's a lot of a lot. A lot of um well, even like getting on the radio nowadays as compared to, or like Texas radio as compared to five or 10 years ago. Right. You know, used to, you'd just send your CD to the, to the DJs and they either played it or they didn't. Right. And now with promoters and everything, just, just in, within the Texas thing, it, it blows my mind. There are Texas music promoters. Yeah. Specific. And that's all they do. They just, yeah, that's crazy. That's all they do. That's crazy to me. That's they don't, nuts it's not me, even man. a national it's, promoter. It's so like it's, discouraging as a as an independent artist, you know. It's like, you know, do I spend half the money it took me to make this record yeah. to, to to push one song to radio and hope that it and takes hope off. that it yeah, and hope that it takes off. It's just like, you know, the majority of people, me included, like I can't afford to do that stuff. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can't afford that. I no. I but um and then you see people that that can't afford it, and then a lot of people that aren't even that great. You yeah. don't even have to be that great no. if you can afford a great promoter. If you've got a um, obviously a professionally recorded and and mixed and mastered tune that's decent, and you can hire a good radio promoter, yeah, you can play, you can you know make a career in Texas, yeah, easily. You just beat people over the head with it enough yeah. that they get used to it and they expect Not it. Soon. Yeah, it is. That's. That's the era of payola that that is illegal now. That they yeah. say that that era is dead, but that it's not. That's it's not that's what it is. That's you know you're you're not paying the radio station anymore. You're paying this person to be a squeaky wheel that's just going right. to get in their ear every week. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just pretty much the same thing. You play footsie with me. On yeah. There. Hey, you know, if you want uh. to. <laughs> so I don't know. It's an interesting industry. I like it. Very I like doing this for a living, but I. It's it's offered me a lot of opportunities. Like I couldn't live in any other state probably and do what I do and not. See, I do disagree with else. that. I disagree with that sentiment. You don't think? I think that you are transcendent enough that you can <clears throat> do exactly what you're doing in a lot of different markets. I just don't think I would have been able to make the amount of money I've made in Texas yeah. in another state. Solely maybe, solely in another state. Yeah, maybe not as consistent. Definitely not solely in another state. Yeah. That doesn't exist. You have to do a lot more traveling. Anywhere else. Which I mean I travel eight hours sometimes when I'm still in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, so, that, you were saying a second ago five states in five days, but they're from all like New York to two Connecticut. Hours, that's yeah, that's like hour, ninety miles. Hour and a half. Because yeah. I I've mapped it all out and I was like, well it's like a little Fort Worth, Lubbock, yeah. Wichita Falls run. Yeah, you would do that and go home that night <laughs> yeah. if you were playing there. So, yeah, so that's not... You Driving from Beaumont to El Paso is like yeah. 13 hours or something. So, 
It's the same distance from Beaumont to El Paso as it is from El Paso to L.A. Did you know that? No, I didn't know Something that. like that. Crazy. Don't if that if that was wrong, don't someone's, don't correct me. I don't care. Right now. I don't care if that was wrong, so don't email me about it. But yeah, so I I don't know. I think I, I think that if you were to if you were doing exactly what you were doing in Atlanta, for example, there's a burgeoning music scene in Atlanta right now. You yeah. would be a very unique artist in Atlanta because of what you're doing. Right. Rather than being you know, one of a lot of people who are as a singer songwriter. Right. I don't believe that, that that exists over there in the way that it does here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In, in the way that somebody like me who has a horn section and is playing soul music, there's a shitload of those in, in right. the Northeast, but there aren't very many of them down here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you, if, if you put me there and you put you there, you know, I would become one of a lot, one of a lot. And right. You would become, and I think I don't know. I do you get into Alan Stone at all? Love that last. Uh, what is the last one? Uh, American Privilege is that the name of the record? I think so. I don't remember. Yeah. It's a phenomenal record. Yeah. That I mean, I feel like that it, that you could dip your toe into that world. Yeah. Because he, I love his stuff. He man. touches on a lot of different genres in within his stuff. He's a great writer. A lot of his stuff is very social activism yeah. driven, and I appreciate that. He has a platform for that, but you know, I could see you hitting a lot of different types of stuff like that. But I, yeah. you know, I, you you're doing what you want to do, and you're doing it the way you want to do it, and I I appreciate that a lot. Horns, yeah, horns on the next one. I'll, we'll I I got a lot of phone numbers I can give you <laughs> if you need some horns. I do. I've used a lot of people. <clears throat> I think that's a cool direction. I think that's a cool thing that would sound really cool over top of what you're doing. It would push you more into that vibe, that, yeah. that Sturgill's latest record vibe. Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. You could just hire the Dap Kings. I could, yeah. I saw that he's. they're not playing with him anymore. No. So they're they up did for their, grabs. They did their tour, yeah. <laughs> They'll be on with somebody soon, yeah. so you better make that phone call. Yeah, they're probably a little a little pricey for me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You never know. But I don't know. That the answer's cool. always no if you don't ask. Huh? That's a good philosophy. <laughs> so... I don't know, but I'm excited about it though. I want to do some, which I've wanted to do horns for, um, the past. I've always wanted to incorporate them, but I think it's always been a money deal when it comes down to recording and, uh, you know, hiring another three or four guys on top of what I've already done Mm -hmm. just never seemed feasible. And this time I'm I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm doing it no matter what, what, no matter what it costs, what I want to make the record I want to make. So, so yeah, it's it will. There are a lot of guys. I mean, it's not it's not as crazy as you think. You know, the craziest part of it is writing the parts. Yeah, it's not. I'll tell you this from experience that it's not as it's not as much of a good idea to have guys just come in and wing it on the fly yeah. as it is to to make a demo, sit down with someone who knows how to compose mm-hmm. for a section and write something so that you bring in guys and they just read it. Right. There's no interpretation at that point. I would say that that's a better way to do it. The only drawback to that is if you hire a guy that does that, it's going to cost you money per song. Yeah. That's the only drawback, but it's not that much, but then it's yours. Then it's worth it. You have a longer, you can make a book. I have three books. I have a trumpet book, a tenor saxophone book. I have four books, a tenor sax and a baritone sax book and a trombone trombone book. And I own them. They're mine. Yeah. And so I, you know, I paid my guy, 
and he got on the program, printed them out. They're in binders. They're labeled. Every song. Yeah. It's you know. So if I hire a guy, just hand on the book and say, "This is how they go. Play mm-hmm. it like that." You know. So that way you could just have them, and yeah. then if you hired a section for a night, you can just say, "Here's the book. We'll have a rehearsal. That's how it goes." That's the best way to do it. Yeah. Rather than trying to wing it on the fly, I do a lot of that live because I. My my show gets a little jammy. Yeah, you know the songs go how they go, but there's sections in in the middle of them or in the intros and outros that are, we'll just groove and vamp on something, and I'll just you know I'll just tell them, just make something up for this section because it's different every time. Right. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll, have, I'll have a riff in my mind, and we'll just do that, and then they'll just do a little thing. You know, yeah. and so there's some freedom there live, but I've tried to do it both ways in the studio, and it doesn't work very well. It's been a lot more money oh man just trying it to takes wing it in there. way longer yeah and then you know and then it's there's a lot of pressure on them to come up with something cool and a lot of time they won't and it gets in their head and then they start playing shittier and shittier and, yeah and the stuff is not, not playing what you are envisioning yeah it's because you hadn't planned it out yeah it's not hip and it's yeah. not you know what you were hoping for and then you i'm not a horn player so i you know i can come up with parts but i can't it's really hard for me to accurately verbalize Mm -hmm. what I want without singing it crappy and hoping that that came across. Yeah. Yeah. Just like that. Just do that. Just do that, man. What's the problem? Well, what key is that? (laughs) It's the same one that, you know, as the song. So I don't know. That's my only real advice, but I know a lot of guys that, that can do that. And I've sent them to other people with great success. So if you get to that situation and you need someone to do that, I'm, I'm happy to help in that department. Definitely. So I think that's a pretty good place to wrap it up. What do you think? Cool. Anything yeah. else you want to talk about? I'm probably going to have to eat something before the show tonight. Yeah, I'm all hopped up on coffee right now. <laughs> this is good. You know, I, I tried to get Eric to drink coffee and he wouldn't. I tried, man. I gave it a good swig and. Uh, I made good coffee and he didn't like it. It reminds me. So when I smell coffee. My grandpa and grandma always drank tons of coffee and had tons of mugs, and they didn't have a lot of, um, like, regular cups, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so, like, i drink a lot of stuff out of mugs, and i drink, like, tea or, or whatever, and every time I would put it to my mouth to drink it, I would smell that coffee. Right. Like, right before whatever I drank. I just hated that. <laughs> like, I'd smell coffee when I was drinking Dr. Pepper or, or tea or water, whatever it was, yeah. I would smell coffee. <laughs> and so I've always just, like... For some reason, I always hated the smell, and maybe that's what attributed me not liking the taste, but I don't know. Maybe. Maybe one of these days. Maybe. Well, when you get tired enough and that's your only option, <laughs> yeah. then you'll learn to Gonna like have it. To. <laughs> I, I would probably like it. Uh, I've tried some of the the uh, ones you get at convenience stores, the cold ones or whatever, Frappa. Sure. Flavors. Stuff. And those are, I mean, not there's so much sugar and sweetener yeah. and I yeah. mean, those taste pretty good but uh, it's a coffee based drink yeah. <laughs> yeah but uh i guess yeah the, the straight coffee is probably an acquired taste i think so i think so but i have a pretty bitter palate in general i drink unsweet tea oh yeah black coffee <laughs> and, <laughs> and i like dark chocolate oh gosh <laughs> so, all the worst shit yeah so i don't have a very i don't have a very sweet palate in general so See, i'm the opposite so that's probably if you filled this up with a, you know, a tablespoon of sugar and some milk, it would probably be a probably lot better. Probably tastes pretty good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just a touch of coffee yeah. and milk just and a little sugar. Splash. Yeah. So you know, 
There it is. <laughs> you just slowly wean yourself off of it. Yeah. At that point. A little less sugar, more coffee every time. Yeah. It's a different kind of buzz than a sugar buzz, though. I don't crash as hard off of that as I would off of candy bar or bowl ice cream. Really? No, it's a, it's a gradual decrease. Nice. You just Until drink, you drink, another, you drink cup. another one and you're there again. Yeah. <laughs> you chase that dragon all day long. <laughs> so, uh, what do you, what's your website? Let's promote, uh, let's do some promotion Eric before we stop. Willis.com, E R I C K. Yeah, the K is important. Yeah. People always, well, some people remember it, but they'll, then they'll forget the C. They think it's either the C or the K. Right. And it's both. Erica. Erica. Brick. Um, <laughs> I uh, I used to write my name, and I'd write it so fast that the E would sometimes look like a B. <laughs> All right. And some, I've had people call me Brick. Brick. <laughs> <laughs> Brick Willis. That's a good. That's a good stage name. People would remember that. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Brick Willis. <laughs> and make some cool shirts. Yeah, too, man. <laughs> that's a, I'm, there's marketing yeah, opportunity exactly. all over I the place. Change my name. You should consider that. <laughs> Just that's your that's your pseudonym, Brick Willis. Brick Willis. <laughs> that's funny. But yeah, EricWillis.com is is the website. <laughs> yeah, and the album is called Floodgate, and that's been out since. It's been over a year now. Has it been that long? Yeah, it's been a, it year like it's been a year since January. Wow, so a year and a couple months. Yeah. And it's a great record. Thank it you, man. Really is. I was I listen to it often. I enjoy it a lot. Uh, fans That's of fun making that one. Yeah. So fans of Sean McConnell, I think would would really get turned on to you. I don't know if you get tired of that. Do people probably do that? I a lot. don't. As much as I admire him, uh, yeah, I take it as a compliment. I really don't get tired of hearing that. So For if sure. anyone even relates me to him, I'm like, sweet yeah. man. <laughs> the textures of your voices are are extremely similar. So. For those of you that don't know who Eric is, and if you don't know who Sean McConnell is, he sounds a lot like Eric Willis. Yeah, that's what. That's what. I wonder if he gets tired of hearing <laughs> yeah, that. I'm sure, I'm sure he does. <laughs> He's inundated with Brick Willis references. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah, so do that. EricWillis.com, and uh, we're playing at Red Goose tonight. For those of you on Facebook Live, uh, do you have any other shows coming up? I'll probably have this up in a few days. Um, something a week or two out. Well, that'll be the uh, the northeast run. So, um, yeah. if there's any folks up in the northeast region, we got all those dates on the website. Cool, running through, and then um, next month, I know um, we're doing that ranch music series next month, um, April fifth. Uh, so that'll be coming up in a couple weeks. Uh, free show. Yeah. Um, Who are you doing it with? Fort Worth, with uh, Prophets and Outlaws. Cool. So that'll uh, be a good bill. They're like that cool too. Show. They're pretty transcendent yeah yeah that'll be a good bill real country yeah but uh yeah that'll be a fun one that's the next one in fort worth but we got some new dates up on the uh on the website so all that should be on there good well check that out and uh as always go to chriswatsonband.com and see what i got going on and uh calendar is updated recently so a bunch of new stuff so check it out and thanks for listening and thanks for watching if you watched and if you're watching, come to Red Goose tonight. We play at 10, the two of us. And uh, so that's it. Catch you next time. Thanks. Later. <laughs>